Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. I keep saying that about this group of players. When they show it every single time they go to the pitch, they want to be successful for their country. And that's what the second half was all about. It's a good win for us. It keeps us in control of second position. But that's all it does. Football show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson, and Mark Weedy. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Did we ever doubt it? At Fergie time on Saturday at Hamden, it was 2 2. 93 and a half minutes gone. You know the rest of the story. Barry, did you ever doubt we would get that victory? Well, in terms of the first half performance, we didn't play well, Paul, but whatever the manager said at half-time, it made a hell of a difference. And I thought the second half, we were on the front foot. And to, to be fair to the boys, they kept going to the very end and obviously McTominay came up with the, the important goal. A brilliant three points. It just shows you the, the, the spirit amongst that group of players. And that's down to the manager and the coaching staff. Um, so a great three points. Now that's over, we need to go to Faroes tomorrow and make sure we get another three points. You can tell he's a top-class footballer who's seen it all, Mark Weary, can't you? Because he's saying it's now about the Faroe Islands, but we deserve that moment on Saturday night. Because so often there's been heartbreak for Scotland, but something's changing with this team. Yeah, they're great. Uh, first of all, the resilience, Paul, to come um, twice from, from being... Uh, a goal down, you know, losing the, the early lead, then equalising, and then within 90 seconds, you're 2-1 down again. And to keep going right into the, the third minute of stoppage time and, and get the winning goal from Scott McTominay. I was there on Saturday night, I thoroughly enjoyed it as a, as a Scotland supporter. And um, John McGinn's opening goal was class. Dykes, a brilliant finish. Absolutely brilliant for VAR to come into play. So over the piece, we'll put ourselves right in the driving seat, but let's not ruin it. Let's get the result tomorrow night. And I have every faith in Steve Clark and the players that they will do so. Headlines today, Shea Adams is out, a muscle injury. The other day, Grant Hanley uh, will be back and uh, there'll be a new penalty taker. I wonder who it might be. It's not yeah, going to be Lyndon. In terms yeah. of Grant Hanley, I, I'll be honest with you, I thought we missed him, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been an absolute rock at the back um, since Steve Clark's took over. He was a big miss. I thought defensively looked a bit mm-hmm. off it at times. Um, but listen it's a bonus that Grant Hanley's available and I'm sure he'll come straight in at the start of 11 and in terms of Dykes listen we've all missed penalties I've been in the same situation myself but he kept going and he got his goal and what a finish it was uh, for him um, so it just shows you that um, he didn't feel sorry for himself he could um, he'll be disappointed they obviously missed the penalty but the most important thing Lyndon Dykes kept going and um, he got that all important equaliser and what about Scott McTominay? What a time, Mark, to get your first goal for your country. Yeah, brilliant. And just the way he, he's, he's managed to bundle it over yeah. uh, the line, the flick on from, from the corner kick. And uh, he, he got into his stride. I think the, the whole back line just were a wee bit shaky uh, to start. Um, you know, Nathan Patterson on the right-hand side took a while to, to find his feet. McTominay 
Um, also, Jack Henry um, too. So they, they, they'd kind of switched off. But once they they get into a, a rhythm, and once Callum McGregor and Billy Gilmer mm. um, found a rhythm um, as well, the rest took care of itself. But it's just a brilliant result, you know, three two to beat Israel, who had two or three really talented individual players. I think Scotland, there's no doubt, Scotland a better team than Israel, but Israel got some quality individual players. But what a position we've put ourselves in. Um, now Paul you know have that four point lead um, with three games to go but just take it one game at a time but if we can beat the Pharaohs tomorrow night and then the next game's Moldova at home in, in November then you know 20 points should be enough to do it Barry five minutes gone and we're a goal down and the man you had mentioned Zahavi and it would have been easy for us to collapse as a team and a nation you know 52,000 people going crazy five minutes in how tough is that? Yeah, it was, it was tough because I actually thought the first minute or two we did we started in the front foot and um, we put them under a bit of pressure. Jack Henry, I think if he looks back, it will be disappointed. Um, got too close. Um, let's have a turn and obviously made the foul, but a good free kick as well. I'm, I'm sure Craig Gordon will be speaking to the boys that were in the wall as well. Um, you need to sometimes take one on the the, the old dish, mm-hmm. as we say. Um, <laughs> there was just too much a, a gap there. But listen, again, it just shows you the. The characters we've got in the team, you can start to feel sorry for yourself. The, the fans obviously went a bit quiet at that stage. But then um, a, a great bit of play uh, from us and John McGinn. What, what a finish. Amazing, what a cool, it? calm and collected. Um, great finish from him. But look, the difference for me was in the second half. I think Mark just mentioned it there. See when Billy Gilmer and Callum McGregor stamped their authority on the game. That's when we started to control things and we looked at a much more improved team for me. Um, when, when they two are playing at the top of their game, Scotland are a top team. I think as well, Paul, the thing that I loved as, as Scotland grew into the game, which we see in all modern teams out club sides and international, see when you've got two attacking fullbacks that lift their head and pick a pass, you yeah. think you're passing and down the right. Robertson was terrific. Again, I think Robertson in this campaign has been really, really good. One or two question marks over him terms of was a captaincy too much for him. But his delivery into the box, the way he leads the team and young Nathan Patterson getting into his stride down there too. And being in the stadium uh, with that third minute of stoppage time, my, my eyes immediately went to Steve Clapp and I just thought it was brilliant to see him show that emotion and, and get up and down the, the touchline like a, like a teenager celebrating. He was asked about the celebration. I got that far and I thought, what are you doing? <laughs> you can your technical area. Too old for that. It's a good time to score a goal, so nice to celebrate a little bit with the fans. It's great to see that, isn't it? The smile. Bit of emotion. Yeah. He, he showed no light Steve Clark, has it? Um, but it just shows you how much it means to him as well. Listen, it's just one of the ones I'd imagine. I mean, the, I wasn't at the game, but the atmosphere um, when I was watching it on the TV looked absolutely electric. And it takes me back to what we were speaking about last week. Yep. The early game that I played in, the atmosphere sounded very similar. He said, what a magnificent confidence booster this result was. Good for the confidence, good for the belief, and good for them to, f- to feel to feel loved. You know, footballers are, are no different to anybody else. We all, we all like to feel the love. Every, we're human beings. Everybody likes to feel that little bit of adoration and that little bit of love. These players have worked hard to, to do what they've done for the country. I keep saying that every time they turn up, they want to do well. You see that. You see the way they work, the way they apply themselves. So It was a good moment, uh, but one that now we've got to park and, and get ready for the next tough challenge. Callum's on the line from Football CFB. Hi, Callum. Hi guys, how you doing? Yeah, good. You, you still on the high? Absolutely. Um, I have to be brutally honest and say that at times in the past when an international break comes up for an extended week, I, I really miss club football and at times 
just are counting down the days to the to the leagues are back. Yeah. But I absolutely love that on Saturday. And <laughs> I think the, the Scotland team's given us a lot of joy over the last year or so. Getting to the Euros, obviously, um, the, the night in Serbia, of course, during the, the lockdowns when we were all stuck in. But yep. that on Saturday was special, and I'm looking really looking forward to to the game tomorrow night as well. I think it's a, a good opportunity for some of the, the players that have been on the bench for Saturday's game maybe to come in and, and, and make an impact because they, they must all be on cloud nine. The fans mm. certainly are. We, you all are in the studio as well, so hopefully the players are and, and can score a few goals tomorrow as well. Well, it's been such a tough time, hasn't it? 18 months of it. Uh, in the Euros, it was great to get there. We could have done better. But you hear the manager again, Barry, saying that word love. We talked about it the other week. He loves his players and he knows now the fans, Scotland loves his players. Yeah, and- what you said, footballers, we all like a bit of love and attention. Um, you love it? <laughs> yeah, of course, I liked a, a wee cuddle every now and then. Um, look, we're only human. Um, but listen, that group of players, they deserve that sort of atmosphere on Saturday. As you say, the last 18 months or so, they've done brilliant yep. as a group to get to the, the Euros. And look, we've put ourselves in a real good position now to get that playoff spot. Um, and I'm sure they'll, they'll get there. I'm, I'm sure... As a group of players, they'll, they'll be fully focused on um, just making sure they go over. I don't care how they play. Just make sure you go there and come back for the Pharaohs with, with three points. Um, and I don't, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think he'll make too many changes. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest with you, I think he'll bring, I think he'll bring Grant Hanley in for sure. Because as I said, I think he's been exceptional at, at the back. Um, and obviously somebody to go and um, partner Lyndon Dykes up top. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon, Callum? What's he going to do, do you think, um, with obviously uh, the omission of uh, Shea Adams with a muscle injury? What would you do? I think a lot of people are talking about maybe it being an ideal opportunity for Kevin Nisbet to start, but I actually think I would go with someone like Ryan Christie, um, just for the energy that he'll he'll give us mm-hmm. up, up top. I think it's one of those uh, games where you want to go off to a quick start, and I think Christie, with the energy that he would bring, would, would certainly give us that, and if we can go a goal up or two up before half time. I know it's Scott we're talking about here, so we can't be I suppose too confident going in, but it would it would at least relax us going into that second half rather than having to chase the game near the end. And I would rather have someone that is but on the bench if it was never going into the second half to come on fresh and have a chance to score. So I'd personally go Christy. Mark, this is what Nisbet said today about that. Yeah, of course it's not nice seeing people get injured. Especially me and Shea we we got on really well. So yeah, I was gutted for him but it is opportunity for me to go and play if that's from the start or from later on in the game I'll just be ready when called upon What would you do Mark if you were the manager? I, I, I tend to agree with um, with Callum. Callum about it yeah I would look at Christy I mean you look at some of the substitutions they make that tends to be his next preferred option when it's not the, the front two of, of uh, Dykes and Adams that said um, when you put a player up to do the media um, the day before the game if Kevin has been put up today then maybe it's just a wee steer as to what the manager's thinking or maybe you know it's a it's a double bluff to, to the to the fairies to try and blow them in but sometimes you only uh-huh. put a player up if you're going to play them rather than putting them up and then he's maybe left a bit <clears throat> excuse me a bit deflated but uh-huh. um, so it's a double bluff maybe could it, it be a it, triple bluff <laughs> what's a triple bluff I'm not, sure, I'm not sure Barry that's why you're here <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I think he'll do I think he'll move McTominay into midfield right. and he'll push McGinn just off Lyndon Dykes Jimmy's been on the socials he's said exactly that you're going to push good up McTominay yeah. Yeah, Callum uh, what do you uh, think it's a no brainer Grant Hanley comes back in yes. for me so that um, will he's got the experience yeah. Look, he's, um, he can keep that, that back three yeah. um, he's together. our most solid 
the fit out, yeah. out of all of them, McTominay included, and t- he's the one that just thinks first and foremost defense. defense. And yep. he's the most defensively minded player we've got. Callum, what about that? Grant Hanley there and, and McTominay further forward? I think that's a, a sensible approach as well. Yeah. Um, as I say, if was to come in on again, was to, to play off dykes, I'd be comfortable uh, with both of those. Mm. As, as Mark said, I think Nisbet doing the press suggests he is going to get game time that's meaningful. But I do think it will be from the bench just in case we need a goal. Or if we were a goal up, then maybe he could take Dykes off and give Nisbet a, the last 30 minutes and, and rest Dykes for obviously um, mm-hmm. getting back to club action. So I think I would be comfortable with either. And I'm, I'm actually, as I say, confident going into this game because I think that the players certainly felt the love at the weekend, as Steve Clark said. And it must just be great for them coming to the, the national camp now, knowing that the fans are on their side. They've got a manager that believes in them. They've already been to a major tournament. They get rid of that duck that the, the male national mm-hmm. team had for so long. And we can think, hopefully, about a, a playoff going into the World Cup, which would be incredible if he said that when Steve Clark came in. I think we'd maybe have accepted one out of two major tournaments, but if we can somehow get two in a row, I think it would be it would be absolutely nothing short of sensational. So they're off to Faroe Islands today. Barry, has Fergie gone with them? Sir Alex has been... Uh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? He got his cap uh, the other night and, and we scored in Fergie time. It, it was kind of written in the stars. Yep, um, and I'm sure he'll be proud, obviously. McTominay, I think he played a big part in getting them to, mm-hmm. to represent Scotland. Um, but for me, I think we need to go and control the game over... And the Pharaohs, and I think that's why you'll have McTominay, McGregor, and Billy Gilmer in there to go and control the tempo of the game, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that we uh, we keep the ball. And they're three real good football mm-hmm. players. And then, as I say, I like McGinn. Just let McGinn oh, go and roll. Yeah. You can see, listen, there's goals in John McGinn, and you've seen that with the the finish. Um, I could watch that sort of finish all day long. Just a fantastic goal. Um, and listen, he's turned into. A big player for Scotland, John McGinn. Here he is speaking about half-time. What happened then? It's always strong words for the gaffer, even if you're, if you're getting praise. But he was measured in what he was saying. We had some tactical things we had to adapt with, but we had to be braver and he stressed that to us. Um, showed us to, told us to show a bit more personality on the pitch and um, we managed to do that. Yeah, it was a great goal uh, from John McGinn. As Barry said, a beautiful left foot right into the, the top corner. His old Hibs teammate, uh, Marciano, had had no chance. Um, and just on team selection for tomorrow night, Paul, whether it's McGinn, whether it's Christie, whether it's Nisbet, but just go and try and win the game by half-time. And we can make the five substitutions, I think, at international level. So as a chance just to go and get it done, start with your very strongest team and then get yourself into a position by after an hour. You, know, you, you can make changes and just bring guys off and, and totally relax, knowing that the job's done. You don't want to be getting into the last five minutes at 0-0 or, or, or whatever it may be or just 1-0 up, go and get the job done go and get a couple of goals lead get it in the bag and relax Here's Stevie Clark speaking about the Fair Islands When the past form won't, won't count for anything the atmosphere and, and what we're going to face over there will be, will be different to what a lot of these, these players have faced before the historic results don't matter but what matters is that the Pharaohs now are improving all the time much improved, qualified out of their section in the Nations League, can win games, well organised, difficult. We saw that at Hamden. The 4-0 four four scoreline at Hamden was was a scoreline that had a little bit of gloss on it for us. It wasn't a 4-0 game. It was a tight game for a long time and it was only towards the end that we started to get away from them. So we go there, we expect a difficult game. Callum, just what you were saying earlier, they, they're not going to be uh, any pushovers, but Mark and Barry agree that you know we need to win the game and we've got to be positive as well. How confident are you for tomorrow night? 
I'm very confident based on the nature of the, the win at the weekend. I think the, the players will be buoyant and go into the game. And you're right, when you're playing against a team like the Faroes, they will sit in, they will try and make it as difficult as possible. They'll probably play quite direct themselves. But with the three at the back, in terms of centre-backs, we should be able to control any aerial threat that they've got. And hopefully with players like Gilmore and the team, as Barry said, actually control possession and, and just break them down uh, gradually. And I, and I think we will. I'm confident we'll win by at least a two-goal margin. Barry, you were saying that there's uh, you know there's no pushovers in, in football and uh, we've got our own history with the Faroe Islands, oh, but they've got... Go but then no, we won't because we've done that too <laughs> often recently. But you recognise there's quite... A, there are some decent players. Yeah, I was looking through their, their squad actually mm. uh, today. They've got some players that are playing at a good level. Um and they're a, a country that's uh, improving mm-hmm. every single year. You just need to look at the Danes went across there no long ago and came away with a 1-0 win. Um, so we know it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But look, I think if we approach it in the right manner, and as I said, if we go and make sure that our, our players control the, the tempo of the game, I, I think we can come away with a couple of goals um, and come back and now focus on Moldova. Um but I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm confident as ever. And I was confident seeing the second half as the game was going on. Mm-hmm. I could just see he's getting stronger and stronger. And there's a real belief in what I loved about the, the group of players was, as I said, they went to the very end. They kept going, they kept going. They didn't they didn't look to give up or mm-hmm. think, right, you know what, we'll take a point here. Went to the very end and look what happened. We got the goal. I don't care how we got the goal, whether it came off his chest or backside or whatever. It went yeah. in the back of the net and that's credit to the players that they kept going in the very last second. It, you know, it means, Paul, that we, we hopefully don't have to do anything against Denmark in the last game. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah. it's tied up with us. If it, if it was a point, if we'd lost two points on, on Saturday night, then you know, you're probably having to get into the game, Denmark game to at least get a point, if not win it. So it makes a hell of a difference. You, know, you, you look at campaigns in the past and Scotland have only qualified for one out of the last 11. There's key moments. You can pick a pivotal moment mm-hmm in every campaign and I think when we look back um, come next month when the, the it's all done and dusted that the, the McTominay goal will be the one that, that sees us into the playoff we'll look at the table after Saturday uh, Denmark beating Moldova 4-0 and uh, Austria 2-0 at Faroe Islands and our own 3-2 win so Denmark on 21 points after the 7 games we're on 14 Israel on 10 Austria on 10 Faroe Islands on 4 and Moldova on 1 surely we don't slip up tomorrow night because Moldova no I, pushovers but if there are anyone it's be yeah. Moldova wouldn't it here I, I don't yeah. think not just the manager I don't think the, the players the experienced boys the leaders in the group will let that happen they, they'll be talking to each other saying listen this is one game that we need to go and make sure that we, we come away with three points um, your Kieran Tierney's mm-hmm. Andy Robertson's Grant Hanley's Callum McGregor's these sort of guys will be so important over the next day or two Callum who was your man of the match? Uh, man of the match the weekend, I would say I, I would go with John McGinn. I just thought he was he was pivotal in the game. He took his goal very well, and he's someone that that always makes things happen when he plays in a Scotland jersey, and, and he can also track back as well, which is important in those sorts of games at the weekend. So McGinn for me. Cheers, Callum. We'll go into the break with John McGinn afterwards. We're going to be speaking to Jim White. What's the chat down south about the Scotland players and the Scotland win, and also about the boxing and Tyson Fury winning at the weekend? But John McGinn speaking about that. Brilliant goal. Aye, um, it's been a, a mini drought for Scotland. Gaffer, even though I was kind of slightly deeper to try and keep an eye on, on Solomon, which certainly wasn't easy, he, he did encourage me to get in the box. and It was probably our first passage of play with any real quality in the first half and, and thankfully 
got this one right and nestled in the corner and it was just a, an amazing feel. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, go, go. One team here at Go Radio, Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy, Paul Cooney. And tomorrow night here in the studio is going to be Craig Moore, Davy Proven. Loads of your calls coming in, 0808 17 17 700. What a weekend it was then. The international break comes up and you think, well, just as the, you know, the premiership is getting underway, you go, right, we go back to the internationals again. But Barry, a night like that is one that you'll remember for a long, long time. 3-2 against Israel. Yeah, the, listen, that's what Steve Clark and this group of players have done. They've got the full nation um, together. Uh, again, you're desperate to go and watch it. And look, they deserve so much credit. Um, and the atmosphere, I mean, Mark just says he was there. I'm, I'm sure it's difficult when you're watching it on the TV, but it just sounded absolutely electric. They're the games that you want to be involved in as a football player. And um, what a result for us. And now, as I said, the, the beauty of this is it's in our own hands, Paul. Absolutely. We don't need to rely on anybody else. We've great three points on Saturday. Just make sure you go and get the job done tomorrow night. And then a, a month's time, um, we go over to Moldova and we'll, we'll do the job over there. And that's us in the playoffs. Mark, you've been going to Hamden for a number of years. Where yeah. does that rank? As one of the old I, times. I was thinking because yeah. I, I, I do remember the, the Scotland-Italy game for, for qualification yeah. for Euro 2008. Uh, I remember that Saturday night and I have to say I thought the atmosphere that Saturday night was better than, than Saturday just there against uh, was it? and I don't know maybe because I was I was working at the game that night I, I don't know uh, maybe because it was, it, was, it was the do or die 90 minutes I'm not quite sure even though Scotland didn't win the game maybe it was just the, the whole build up of the, I'm not sure but I just thought that day was just a, that was just a but that said <laughs> I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Saturday night there because it was brilliant and it was a victory and it, and it puts us on the road to the playoffs but in terms of just the 90 minutes inside the stadium in terms of the noise and atmosphere generated by the Tartan Army I thought the game against Italy was better right. I've but, never experienced anything like it yeah. at Hamden Phenomenal wasn't it? That Italy game it was just yeah, sure. I mean I mentioned on Friday night came out for the warm up 40 minutes before mm. the game actually started stadium was full Yeah, packed like, Thanks for that, Mark. Killing the big build-up to, <laughs> to get... Jim, what would you do working with Mark Guidi? On the line now, Jim White is on from Talk Sport, of course. Jim, good evening. Paul, good evening. Good evening. I, I, I'm feeling uh, very patriotic. I could easily yeah. be, mistake, be mistaken for either Fran or Anna tonight, Paul, the, the way I'm dressed <laughs> talking to you. Jim, we heard you this morning. We heard you on with Simon and Talk Sport. And, you know, that, that was the headline. It wasn't about the, the Tyson win at the weekend. It was about Scotland uh, and how proud are you? And also the chat about some of the players. But where did you watch it in London? Uh, yeah, yeah. I watched it at home, uh, Paul. Obviously, everybody was talking about uh, Fury, Wilder, etc. But, I mean, this was, uh, the, this was uh, the perfect hors d'oeuvre as far as I was concerned. I uh, watched it live. And uh, funnily enough, I was, I was texting. I mean, how is this for name dropping? I was texting Sir Rod Stewart. Uh, he was over in Vegas. We were texting each other. Um, but I was ahead of him. Uh, and when it went to 3-2, I said, yes, we've done it. And the, the text came back, done what? Um, he didn't know that we'd got the winner. Um, but no, it's magnificent, Paul. It sets it up beautifully. Go, I heard Barry earlier on, go to the Faroe Islands, win, come back, and we're on course for a playoff spot. Absolutely terrific. 
and we don't normally do it right at the end, do we? You know, we normally go, ah, oh, we we nearly made it, you know, and we got the VAR decision, uh, and despite you know missing the penalty, we had that resilience, and there's such a great atmosphere with this team and Stevie Clark, and he's never he's sort of been under the radar, Stevie Clark, hasn't he, in England? Yes, in his career, yeah, this is so. his moment now. Do you know what, Paul? I was more, I was, I was, yeah, I was pleased for Steve Clark, pleased for the players, etc. I was more pleased for any anybody else. I was for the for the uh, supporters, Paul. Mm-hmm. The supporters were absolutely outstanding, and of course they're back in, not long back in, at full capacity to games, and they made their presence felt. They they took Scotland over the line. I felt as well. So well done to every single one of them who was inside Hamden on Saturday evening. It was magnificent. And when Simon Jordan says at the top of the show this morning, Paul, he's absolutely thrilled for us. Don't don't be fooled by any of that. <laughs> he is still Edward Longshank all day long. I'll tell you, Jim, I enjoyed it this morning because uh, in one year, of course, I've got Gary Marshall here on Go Radio and then you on, on your show. But you were saying about Billy Gilmore and the narrative's changing a little bit. I heard some people saying, why have Chelsea, yeah. let, why let him go? out on loan to Norwich. And I think, Jim, you were surprised as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bit of a, you know, an eyebrow razor at the time, Paul. But having said that, at Norwich he plays, at Chelsea he probably wouldn't, not with any great degree of regularity. Um, and Billy wants to play. So the, the people uh, who represent him, I think, were pushing that one. Uh, and Billy got his move. And of course, getting game time showed on Saturday because he slotted right in. But we can see what he, he can do. Uh, probably as Mark would agree, he ran the show at Wembley when we drew with uh, England. And, he, you know, here he was at Hamden on Saturday night running the thing. So the great news for us is that Billy Gilmore is around for Scotland for many years to come. Barry, you absolutely love that. You yeah, I was going to, you stole ago. my thunder. I was yep. going to ask Jim what's the, the general feeling on Billy Gilmore mm-hmm. down in down in England I mean that, Jim I just love watching him I think he's got everything um, yes, and I think it was yeah. a good move like, the important thing is he'd be used to winning games if he was playing at Chelsea week in week out now he's going and he's um, he's come up against something different Norwich but yeah. no disrespect to Norwich they are going to struggle I think this season so it's a different yeah. side of the game that Billy's going to see you're right, Barry. You know, the fact that he's gone from Chelsea for the time being, I know he's very, very popular there. The supporters love him. Um, I was there for one of the matches. He was man of the match. And they, they really, really loved the guy. Um, but they, they realized that he needed to play. And that's why, why he left. But he's very close to Mason Mount. The two of them keep in touch a great deal. And um, I think it's good. It's good. No matter what happens with Norwich, Barry, at least he's going to be playing mm-hmm. on a regular yeah. basis. And, you know, that's what he needs. He needs games under his belt. Uh, and it's all about experience for him. But he's like you, Barry, when you were a kid. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you played in a way that belied your young years. Billy is exactly the same. I think he's going to be a world beater for us. Jim, what about VAR? Obviously, I think we all love it today. It's kind of, is it embarrassing that, you know, as a top league, we know we're not right at the top of football, but mm. we need to get VAR, I would think, in Scotland. What would you say, looking at it from, you know, 400 miles down the road? I know you come back often, including this weekend, but what do you think mm. about VAR, what it would do for the Scottish Premiership? Well, I mean, Paul, it, it ends all the debates, to be quite honest. I mean, Danny Murphy down here was complaining mm. like crazy about it. Week in, week out. It's not working, it's not working, scrap it. Uh, I think if Danny was here now, he would he would agree that he's virtually gone. He's done a full U-turn in it um, because it is as near as damn it perfect, Paul. It clears up things. I mean, look at you know the the way that referees now go over and at last consult the monitor at the side of the pitch. Thank God for that. I mean, 
you know, that is required. But down here, VAR, I think now, is being generally accepted. And the way referees are going about their business, Paul, is, is much, much better because the PGMOL said, look, we're not going to hang around. We'll be a bit more laid back in our style of refereeing. But um, that will incorporate a whole bunch of different aspects, i.e., for one, if you're, in, if you're lying there prostate in the ground and you're not injured, you'll stay there and play will go on. Mm-hmm. And it will be up to you to get up. You know, simulation is something that drives us all crazy, Paul. I reckon we're taking leaps and bounds in the right direction about officiating at long last. And this place down here is leading the way, Paul, to be honest. Let's hope we can afford it. We can't afford not to have it. I don't think Jim yeah. we're going to talk about the fight in a yeah. second or two but I know Danny Murphy today obviously long term uh, teammate of Stephen Gerrard we obviously know Amanda Stavely in town today um, along with the Saudis at the training ground uh, they reckon there's going to be a new manager by the weekend by the Tottenham game Steve Bruce probably yeah. going what's uh, Danny's take on Stephen Gerrard is he going from Rangers well, I mean, Danny knows Gerard better than anybody, Paul, and he was saying no. I mean, he, he thinks he, he is enjoying his time so much at Rangers uh, that he'd want to continue there, and he doesn't think the time would be right in Stephen's eyes to make any moves. Um, so he doesn't think that Stephen Gerard would head to Newcastle. I mean, it's up in the air, Paul, isn't it? Because look at, look at the nature of the people who, have been, who are in there yeah. now. I mean, essentially, Newcastle, we were talking about it today. I mean, they are the wealthiest of all wealthy owners. Uh, they can afford to do anything. Is Steven Gerrard, he's, is he the right kind of fit? Would he be the right fit? Um, would his profile be right? Well, of course. I mean, he's, he's a seismic figure in the world of football. But are they going to do anything? Are they going to move him out of there? Stably met uh, Steve Bruce today that we know. Nothing has come out of that meeting as yet. And as far as I, I gather tonight, it's business as usual. But, I mean, the popular theory here is, Paul, is that Bruce will go before they, they face Tottenham at the weekend. And he's on 999 Premier League games mm. managed. Mm. So he might not get to the Magic 1000 with Newcastle. It's, it's, it's a wild situation. Nobody saw this coming last week, Paul, until last week. Mm. The Saudi take, takeover had gone for good. Barry, Stephen Gerrard, what do you think? My honest opinion, I think he's got unfinished business up here. I mean, great season last year winning yeah. the league, but I still think he needs to add a few more titles, a few more trophies. He wants four. a few more signings. Yep. Um, so, look, it's a different ball game now at Newcastle. Who's took over? Mm. We, we don't know what Steven Gerrard's, what he sees his future as being, but I, I honestly believe that he'll stay at Rangers. Mark, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? It'll be weird. Yeah. Look, look if, if Newcastle want him, they'll go for him. Yeah. That's the bottom line. If they really want yeah. Steven Gerrard, they yeah. will go for him. And it, because of the uh, financial muscle that they have, it'd be hard to see whoever they want, whether that be Antonio Conte, Brendan Rodgers, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Mauricio Poggi, whoever it is mm. they want, they want him. They've got the financial muscle pretty much to go and make any deal happen. But been, listen to Jim programme reading some of the writers that, that, that cover the North East that know the club inside out they're saying that it, that it will be a gradual process yes yeah. they've got now got hundreds of millions of pounds at their disposal but it's not going to be a wild spending spree and just you know aiming for um, for the Galacticos you know right at the start That they will make a gradual process but just on the point of Steve Bruce it would be horrible if he didn't get these yeah, thousand games it really would be because he might not ever get another Premier League uh, job now with the way things are and, and to have that yeah. I just think it would be so 
so cruel on him not to get that game. <laughs> but they can be kid. ruthless the Saudis, oh, can't they? You know, the oh, owners, no, Jim. No, yeah. no, no, uh, no man's bigger than the club, etc., etc. Yeah. But it'd be it'd be so cruel on Steve Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Jim, you got us John Fury the other day. He was on here with uh, with Rob <laughs> and the team, which was brilliant. And his son <laughs> at the weekend. What is he one of the all time greats now, Jim? Would you say he was? You know, afterwards he mentioned oh, yeah, some of the biggest yeah. names. Where does he stand in the litany of top heavyweights? Funnily enough, Paul, about quarter past five, I thought it was you uh, <laughs> calling me. And it was John Fury oh. uh, who gave me a call about 10 minutes ago, uh, just following on from something we did earlier today. I was talking to John Tyson's flying back very shortly. Uh, he says he's got two quotes, murderous black eyes after Wilder dropped him uh, in the fight. Yeah. Um, one thing you guys might be interested in up there, John Fury was saying to me, Paul, that when Tyson gets back, he'll settle, he'll settle back in. Um, he says he was 60% prepared to go into the ring with Wilder. He was nowhere near full capacity wow. because it, there was various family problems with the birth of his daughter. He'd been sleeping on a hospital floor in England before he headed on out. Uh, and of course, he'd been suffering from COVID. John was saying to me, he was 60% on Saturday night, but he still got the job done. And he says, once Tyson is back and fully reacclimatized, father and son are going to go on a road trip and they could uh-huh. well head to the Scottish Islands. Right, well, we could be there. Barry, you could be persuaded. Mark as well. <laughs> uh, Barry, yeah. you want to say to Jim, we'd love to, everyone wants to see Tyson Fury against AJ. Uh, uh, There's only one winner for me. Yeah. If you're asking me who I, I think am? would win that fight, Tyson it. Fury all day long. Why? He's the best boxer I've seen. Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah. Best you've yeah. ever seen. Yep. Technically, um, unbelievable. And do you know what? And I love boxing, Jim. I didn't think he had a punch in him, Tyson Fury. A, no. a knockout punch, but that's something that he certainly got. But for me, nobody beats Tyson Fury. Jim, is it going to happen? You know. You know you're in the um, know. Is it going to... Is it, 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 is it, is it, is it in the pipeline? Because it's a fight... That the, the whole world wants to see yeah. is AJ against Fury and it's been so close in what six, seven occasions in the past four or five years that's right I mean we spoke down here Mark we spoke today to the Usyk camp Usyk's been away uh, on a, a brief break he's now back uh, and Usyk will now it's now it's now highly likely Usyk will go in against Joshua again for Usyk Joshua 2 sometime in the spring so what does that mean for Tyson? It, it, it probably means that he would be looking at a fight with Dillian White. But John Fury, about 15 minutes ago, said to me, don't want that. J- John wants Usyk or nothing for Tyson. Um, so, it, yeah, it puts, it puts very much, Mark, it puts Fury Joshua further down the line. And one wonders, will it ever happen? You know, to be quite honest. Will it, because there's so much business to be done before that can be considered. Wow, Jim, you've given us a story there. Listen, if Talk Sport are not happy, don't worry, there could be a slot here every month. What are you on, Mark? Is it Mondays and Fridays? Or me? Is it three? Or what about Rob? Jim, we'll look after you, I'd don't be, worry. I'd be more than happy to join you guys because unlike down here, I don't need a translator. <laughs> it's the old Scottish thing, it's the small uh, checks here. You get your old gig back at STV, Jeff. <laughs> Bring back Scott Sport. Oh, boy, yeah. oh, Scott Sport. I used yeah. to love Scott Sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Barry and I used to say we're not good but we're cheap and punctual <laughs> <laughs> Jim what's your te- cheap and punctual uh, prediction for tomorrow night then for Scotland and the Fair Isles what do you reckon oh Scotland will win it 
Scotland will win it. They'll go out there. They won't concede. They'll come back, win it maybe 2-0, 3-0. But I'm highly confident of that. And then on uh, Wednesday morning, I'll put Longshanks through it again and get him to congratulate us. <laughs> oh, he did this morning. And Jim, final word. What about in the Premiership here? Rangers won it by 25 points last season. Uh, Barry, Mark, everyone thinks it's going to be much tighter. But it's been a yeah. tough start for Postacoglu. And of course, Hearts and Hibs, Hearts in town this weekend, second top. Uh, can yeah. anyone catch Rangers? I doubt it, Paul. Uh, I can't see it. Rod Stewart was trying to tell me over the weekend that Celtic will win it. I can't, I can't see it. I think uh, I think the way it's shaping up, Rangers will probably go on and, and lift it again. But I mean, my God, we're, we're not even out of October, Paul, so there's a long, long way to go. But I think Postecoglou kind of knew what he was getting into. But even at that, he must think now and again, what am I in here? And Gerard certainly knows what he's in. Uh, so I, I reckon Rangers are looking good for it. But as you rightly say, there are other challenges coming in. Rangers' hearts will be decent at the weekend, Paul. So, yeah, that shapes up well, but I can't see any, anybody other than Rangers winning it. And scoreline tomorrow night from you, Jim, for Scotland? 0-3, Paul. Oh, 0-3. It's kind of Andy Roxburgh style there. 0-0-3. Zero, <laughs> zero, Barry, great to hear Jim on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't beat that voice. Yep. You can't beat it. Jim, you're in town. get him up here. Yeah, yeah well, Jim, you're in town this weekend, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm coming up. I'm at a function on Friday night. I think Mr. Guidi will be there too. Uh, we're looking forward to it. And it's a welcome back, Brian Loudrup. So uh, it, it should be a very big night in Glasgow. I'm really looking forward to it. You've got your first question ready, Jim, haven't you? Yes, indeed I have. I think I'll read it though, Paul. I'll ask him in Danish. Yeah, that would be good. Exactly. I was there yeah. the day Jim asked that uh, question down at uh, on the, the banks of Loch Lomond. About, Jim, I know what you meant. It was a good build-up, but all they remember is, why are you so good? That's right. That's right. Brian remembers it as well. So we're getting T-shirts printed for Friday night and we'll be ready. Jim, great to hear you. Thanks very much. Jim White. No problem. Thanks, man. Cheers, Jim. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! Go, 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 go. go Radio Football Show, Monday evening, a special edition because Scotland are in pole position. Surely we will get through to the playoffs, to the World Cup Finals, Qatar 2022, just over a year away but let's not get carried away we've still got to get there and we've got Faroe Islands tomorrow night on the line now Craig is on the line hi Craig good evening hey, Paul Mark how, how are you doing good how are hey, you Craig. I know bad no bad um, I've got to say I think if there's a more quintessentially Scottish way to win a game of football I've, I've yet to see it after Saturday because I had a bit of everything didn't yeah, it I mean it's... you know we go behind twice we miss a penalty VR decisions. Uh, you know, John McGinn misses an absolute guilt-edge chance um, about two minutes before yep. we're going to stop each time. And at that point, you're thinking, "That's it. I yeah. will probably, we're probably drawn it. That's it. That was the chance. That was the moment." And then, you know, fair play to John McGinn, dusted himself down and whipped in a, a terrific ball. Um, and it showed because it just needed somebody to be at the back post. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they got contact on it and it was going in. So. Um, not delighted with the result overall. I think um, it was a bit like the big fight, wasn't it? There were so many knockdowns. You know, we were yeah, down, they were up. Yeah, we, it it yeah. was it just swung from one to I the th- other. I think when you look at it, um, well, I think the way Scotland played, it set pieces, corner kicks. You can see they had deliberately targeted 
Marciano yep. who is not good in crossball you think back to his history he was a good goalkeeper mm. but suspect that it crosses now clearly because once or twice he get penalised for fouling him yep. but, but but it paid off because he plunged he fished things we got the penalty kick because he doesn't take a corner mm. kick cleanly and very brave of, of Billy Gilmer who's taken out the play so again you can see it's homework and the homework pays off which is always great when you're working on a plan you're working on the weaknesses of the opposition and something pays off it's the Dracula job isn't it he doesn't like yeah. the crosses yeah. yeah so Craig <laughs> <laughs> sorry see Craig's smiling Craig's laughing you're in fine form <laughs> haven't you <laughs> well we've got Jim White and I've got to try, try yeah. up the game a wee bit here exactly. be, Jim will be available <laughs> I think Mark Guidi's his agent <laughs> no Craig what, what, what do you think then will we turn to tomorrow is there anything else from the weekends because everybody I mean first half there were obviously weaknesses in our team but second half mm. I don't know what he said at half time and he stuck to his guns the manager yeah, well, I think it, it was interesting when he came out at full time and said that one of the things he'd said to the players at half time is that if you want to lose the game, you're going the right way about it. Um, mm. Because they were, you know, the, the fact is the first half, you know, was poor. And you, you you do have to, you know, in the delight of victory, you still have to look at certain aspects. You know, I thought the two goals are avoidable. The free kick's terrific, but we don't have to give it away. And then you look at the second goal. For me, I'm... I'm watching it skewing at my television thinking how is there three Israel players got a clear run um, at Craig Gordon you know one on one they were lined up whichever one of them got to it without a single defender there and you also have to recognise that Gordon has to pull off a good save at the end because again we allow uh, yeah. it was a habit good point Craig yeah free there. header I'd forgotten and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah free header should have scored yeah should have scored it you know, you know so we get away with one there really but that's, that's things we obviously they looked to tighten up and we kind of found we, we kind of knew that from the Euros and that anyway when they've played some of the better games that you need to because I think I'm hoping that the next step now for the Steve Clark sort of revolution if you will is that we can get to a point where you know we make light of the fact that oh, you know we do it the Scotland way mm-hmm. but maybe we need to try and get out of that now and not make it so difficult for ourselves at times but tomorrow you know is, is one of those games where we should win. Everything says we will win, but it's also a banana skin because they've just played Austria and Denmark the Faroes and between Austria and Denmark they scored three goals. So, I'd, you know, to think we're going to go over there and blow them away, I think we just have to make sure we don't get ahead of ourselves too much, but you couldn't be in a better position. And then even if you look further ahead, I'm looking at the teams we could play and if, let's be honest here, if we don't end up getting Wales in that playoff, um, which is entirely possible, then you know, that'd be incredible. But So there's a long way to go, um, and we just need to stay switched on. And I would actually, I know it could be meaningless, right, but I'd like to still see us go out in the Denmark game if we beat Moldova and the Faroe Islands and go out to win that and see if we can finish off the campaign on a real high um, and a real good points tally. And, and Barry, would have put that won. to you, Craig's point there about uh, Denmark, or is that too far ahead? It's too far, too far yeah. ahead, and I, I don't think this group of players will get carried away. Paul, I says at the start of the program, I look at guys like Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, Grant Hanley, Callum McGregor. They'll be making sure that they know that they're going to win a game tomorrow night. Um, look, you do all your, um, you watch all the videos of. Um, the Pharaohs, um, and as I said, they've had some decent results. There's been close games. You just need to look at the Danes going across yeah. there and winning only by one goal. Um, so I, I think we'll go there and we'll be professional. 
he'll be making sure that'll be the message put across to the players and also the players, the more senior ones in that dressing room, will be letting the younger ones know. Mm. I've seen Steve Clark say that. It's important that um, that they don't go over here and think it's just a case of turning up and winning the game. They need to go and be professional. I'm sure we will. This group of players, that's what Steve Clark's brung. A real professionalism um, to this Scotland camp. Um, and I've got no worries whatsoever that we'll go there and do the professional job and get the three points Mark we need to take our chances when we get them tomorrow night yeah and we will create uh, Paul there's no doubt about that um, we'll create chances and you know when you ask Jim for his scoreline 3-0 three, three uh, and, I, and I see where Craig's coming from the Pharaohs have only conceded three goals in the last two games but I fancy a 3-0 as well I think Scotland will be rampant tomorrow night I really do I think they'll be a bit between their teeth they'll be right on the front foot and I say they'll want to get it killed off as quickly as possible uh, just to relax and, and give a couple of people a, a run out maybe try, <clears throat> try excuse me one or two different things tactically formation wise whatever but yeah I, I can see Scotland by half time um, having the game done and dusted Who do you have up front with Lyndon Dykes is it John McGinn? I, do you know I, I was thinking Ryan Christie when when, um, when Callum was on at the start I thought I agreed with Ryan Christie but then listen to Barry I think what makes more sense is having John McGinn just get your best players, your most experienced ones out there. John will thrive off that. It'll be confidence high after scoring that goal. There'll be a relationship there with Dykes and then just slotting McTominay. And the only thing might be that he might consider doing um, if he wants to keep McTominay at the back and bring in a more natural um, sort of striker up beside um, Dykes is to leave out Henry and, and have Hanley back in the middle absolutely solid in the middle of your defence and keep McTominay on the right-hand side. But um, we'll see, that that's only selection dilemma. But regardless, Paul, of who he plays and how he goes about it, I think Scotland will win the game with a bit to spare. Craig, who would be up front for you tomorrow night? Um, well, for me, I would, I would I'd give this bit the, the, the chance. But then again, I think I do like the idea of, of maybe having... Um, McGinn or, or, or Christie slotted in there um, I think McGinn's a fabulous finisher um, and the good thing with him as well is that even shots he misses you know not many times that the keeper ends up actually catching it so if it comes back into an area you know Dykes is the type of player who tends to to be there um, I, I wondered if it was alright just ask a quick question of yeah. Barry as well sure. um, just Barry obviously used to be a player and just with the second goal we scored yesterday I must say, obviously VR rescued us, but I don't know why it had to get that far. Because if you're in that position and a player like the Israeli defender did dives in, he's quite low. What else, as a striker or an attacker in that situation, are you meant to do? I mean, Dykes has to go for the ball, yeah. doesn't he? Uh, yeah, Craig, see, initially, see, when it happened, I thought maybe Dykes could have went with his head. But when I seen a, a replay, that was the only option. Dykes had and then we've got the obviously luxury of seeing it he actually gets it clean um, so I, I think it's a correct decision what I liked about that decision was the referee wasn't getting dictated by end. he went across to the screen and he watched it two or three times Craig and it was clear as day that it was 100% a, a goal um, and that's the only way that I think Lyndon Dykes could have, uh, could have connected with the ball I have to say, I thought it was a brilliant finish. Oh, I don't think yeah. there's been a lot of credit for yeah. it, to be honest. You know, Top No move. He's attacked the ball. The defender's waiting for it mm. to come. And Lyndon Dykes has taken the initiative to go and attack that variant into the, the front post area. But what a finish. When you look at mm. the height of the ball and to keep it so accurate 
and put it high up into the, the net like that it was absolutely brilliant because his head could have been down he could have chucked it after missing the penalty mm-hmm. just before half time but he's kept himself going mm-hmm. and they credit to it and when you think about it in the past 18 months what an absolute find yeah. see he has been amazing yep. see if he gets the ammunition I think he'll score goals London Dykes and what that I must really do, do for his confidence yep. Yep. see when we started yep. getting down certainly it was more prominent on the left hand side but even Nathan Patterson at times see when we get balls into the box He's got a real opportunity to score yeah. uh, goals, Lyndon Dykes. When you've got Andy Robertson, at times Kieran Tierney, who I thought was immense again. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant. Nathan mm. Patterson was a wee bit up and down in the first half, but then he just grew in confidence. Um, and then, as I say, as the midfield started mm. dictating the game, Lyndon Dykes looked a real danger. So many of them. Well, could yeah, what well, a buy by Mark, Mark Morbutton for a million and a half quid. Well, what a buy. Barry said on here last year, Rangers or Celtic should oh, buy him listen out. we're out of time just now other person for the man of the match was Simon Marciniak the referee <laughs> for the, the VAR because yeah, it's a great yeah, point that you yeah. make Craig you know we almost but fair play to the, the referee yeah. for going he's not getting dictated yeah. in his earpiece he's like no do you know what I'm not too sure about this I'm going to the screen bang go Craig you're going 3-0 tomorrow night yep <laughs> Is that what you um, said I, I, I'll, I'll go a conservative 2-0 2-0 thanks Craig yep I'll take three points. Cheers. 2-0. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With Taxi Trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with TheTaxiCentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, Hour two is underway and we're still buzzing after Scotland's win the other night and we're what, 24 hours, 25 hours away from Scotland against the Faroe Islands tomorrow night. And then after that, Moldova next month and that would guarantee our place and probably a seeded place, Barry Ferguson, in the playoffs for the World Cup next year. Yeah, as I said before plenty of times, Paul, the, the beauty of this and the players will know it, it's in their own hands. Um, you don't need to rely on other teams getting results or dropping points. That three points on Saturday was massive. That goal towards the end by McTominay puts us in the driving seat, Paul. And it's now up to the boys tomorrow night to go and do a professional job, make sure they come back with three points and then they can look forward to November's games. Mark made coffee for you during the break, during the news. Tell everyone what you were saying about the team. I I just don't think that... uh, When Scotland get results or whatever I don't think we talk our players up enough mm, aye, I'll yeah. be honest with you I mean I've marked down six players there and I believe that these six players are, are top quality Mark do you agree with that Tierney. first of all in general players don't get enough credit in this team yeah they probably do yeah. and it's funny I think um, you asked Callum at the, our first call at the talk show yeah. who, who was his man in the match and I was trying to think and I thought you know what I thought it was a proper team performance mm. I couldn't pick an outstanding player but I thought there was six of them that were Outstanding, if that yeah. makes it, you know, from the from the two fullbacks to McGregor to McGinn to Gilmore 
Um, even to Dykes, even though he, he missed a penalty kick, you know, I thought there was yeah. some real brilliant um, performers in the team. And that's the way it's got to be. You've got mm. to have your players um, on it. But we have got some really yeah, good yeah. players. Look at our players that are are ripping it up down yeah. south you know they're, they're every bit as good as what's going on so down tell us yeah, the I, socials I don't think they get enough credit they don't. I honestly don't believe I mean I've marked down six players I think okay. are top quality who's the first one let's ask everyone in the socials come on at Go Football Show who was your man of the match meantime Barry first player you'd mention then Tierney Robertson McTominay Gilmer McGregor and McGinn mm. now they would they top level performers for me top level players um, and I just think sometimes it's oh it's Scotland it's, yeah. they're, they're good players no they're not just good players they're top players the six players that I mentioned and listen I'm not doing other ones mm. favours as well you know, in terms of like you just need to look at Jack Henry the level mm. he's been playing it the last three or four weeks watch both games he played for Deuce against PSG three of the best players in the world mm-hmm. people could argue sure. with mm. yeah and then he goes to Leipzig last week, who are a top team. It's a great story. Performed yeah. Craig Gordon. I know he's 38, but he's <laughs> a top be. goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. I just I just feel for them sometimes it's typical. Look, yep. they don't get enough credit for me. They don't get a, enough pat in the backs and say, um, look, we've not just got good players. We've got top players. And do, do you know who else, actually? The manager. Yeah. Does mm. the manager get enough credit? You know, it's, I think Probably there's certainly enough, yeah. certainly there's enough criticism going around you look at you know in the, the aftermath of the, the Denmark game um, a year ago, but but what he's done, you think about it, six or seven managers tried to get us to major finals and mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Some top managers, you know, yep. Walter Smith, Alec, Alec McLeish, George sure. Burley, Craig Levine, Steve Clark's managed to to do it. And when you look at what he inherited, we were in a dark place. Oh, for sure. From what from yep. what um, Steve Clark inherited, and it was a slow build, but he's got he's got his to finals, and we're now two wins away from the playoff for the World Cup next year in Qatar so I think when you look at what the managers um, achieved as well I think it's a real credit to him because he's had disruption to his backroom staff too he's had to bring in people replace people he's had to work through Covid as Barry knows being a manager as well you're walking on eggshells he also has the extra responsibility of trying to take care of players so that he can send them back to their, their, their clubs and they're ready to go again their clubs so I think you know just the players have been brilliant and I'm trying to think of the man match if you to really push me I'd probably go I'd go Callum McGregor if you really push me for a man of the match on, on Saturday okay. but I think it could could easily have been Gilmore or Robertson as well Barry your man of the match if you were pushed yeah, to one yeah it's one of the look I thought everybody played their part yeah. um, and I, there wasn't one standout for me but as I said at the start of the second half when young Billy and Callum McGregor started to get control of the game that's when we started to dominate um, just the first half it kind of passed them by but once they, they get a grip of the game um, we started to control it um, but look I, you could argue there was five sure. or six I thought Tierney was magnificent mm. in, in the second half as well I think on the television Robertson, yeah, they gave he's it to had Robertson. enough criticism over the last couple yep. of years for me look come into his own now hasn't yeah, he what he's done yep. at Liverpool has been unbelievable but um, he got a bit of um, criticism at the start when he got made captain but now he's led his country to the Euros I think now he's starting to bring his performance for Liverpool to the national team now as well Mark to your point about the manager I see Keith Jackson in the paper today has said uh, an apology he just, he just said look I got it wrong at the Denmark game after the way we played but you know Steve Clark here's a quote he stuck to his guns during the break showing he knew he'd got almost every detail right so it's good that people are acknowledging how well we're doing and that confidence that's there here's John McGinn yeah, speaking see, about the quality see quickly, uh, Steve, yeah. Steve Clark look what he's managed and coached mm. 
Chelsea, Chelsea. Liverpool, Newcastle. Any big West names Brom alongside him Any... in the Premier League? And some of the managers he's been. Jose Mourinho, Kenny Dalglish. You try to tell me they're no top managers. He knows the game. He knows the game inside out. Um, and I don't think again that Martin had mentioned the players that I mentioned there don't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough credit. He's a proper coach. Yeah, and you know what the other thing as well. Never gets carried away about himself. It's never about him. It's about his players. Aye. Barry's on it tonight, isn't he? Aye, Can we get a touch form, of the ball here? Because form. here's John McGinn speaking <laughs> about the quality. No, I love it. Isn't it great? You see the passion. And he's really up. You're up for it, Barry. Of course you are. I mean, there's the been, been two. But no, I love it. He, he's, you're absolutely right. No, but I think if you ask yeah. any ex-player that's played and yeah. let well support our country, no, yeah. this is one group you would like to have been part of. Our manager, Steve Clark strikes me as a manager that I think to myself, oh, I would have loved to have played under him. Mm. It's been too many times in four ends when people were, were whining and mumping about how bad it was. It probably they, was. But, yeah. Sometimes I thought unfairly. But listen, it's came good. Mm -hmm. We're in a good place just now. You just John need McGinn. to make sure we get these next two wins under our belt. No, there is. There's a real momentum, belief. And we feel the belief in the country as well. And they're starting to really... Believe in this team, we've, we've also got strength and, and depth. You see uh, Christy coming on, Coop's coming on, two top players, and we've got strength and, and abundance, really. Um, and also, to add to that, it's not a team that's that's going away. Uh, Nathan and Billy, two players who'll play for Scotland for the next 10 years at least, so really exciting times, and, and hopefully we can we can get ourselves to Qatar. And the team spirit? Well, there's, a, there's a club feeling, it doesn't, it doesn't come overnight. We're all, we're all mates, I know it's easy to say that, but very easy to get on everyone's backs. I was making mistakes, others was make, were making mistakes. Previously, there might have been a bit of negativity, a wee bit of arguing, but we've all got belief in ourselves, and it's just a great direction to be in. It's sad we only meet up once every once or twice every few months, so that's the only disappointing thing. But it's it's definitely a big reason in the, in the results that we're getting at the moment. and. But we're just hungry players, hungry to succeed for our country. And, and when you look at it, look at it selfishly, you, you dream of going to a World Cup and uh, every single player in there uh, is wanting to do that. I don't remember when I last heard a player saying that about international duty. We, yeah. we don't get together enough. I know, we, we, we miss it and we can't wait yeah. to, to meet up. And you, and you think, you know, we're talking about all the players that made the contribute. You, th you think of the the John McGinn story. I, I bumped into his, his brother Paul who made his debut for Scotland last month in Austria yeah. at half-time. Bumped into him. And... Um, so proud of uh, John's goal in the, in the first half. But you think six years ago, John McGinn was available for about 100 grand since when he made his mind up to leave and he went out and try only Coyle, took him in trial to Houston, wanted to sign him, but wasn't quite sure about the, the mechanics of the deal and the, and the paperwork about going over to play in America. And then Alan Stubbs just says to the Hasbord, let's go and do the 100 grand for John, John McGinn, McGinn was available, available for six years ago. And um, he got on at Hibs and now, and look at him now. So you look at that story, and, and, and Barry knows. Barry will, will tell you that that's yeah, there's talent there, obviously, but that's about absolute hard graft and dedication to get to where he is now. Yep, I I, I totally agree. I, I did say when he was at Summer and they moved to Hibs, he was always a player. That I thought good player. Since he's went down to England, um, that just doesn't hurt you. That's not just given to you. He's had to go away and work hard on that training ground, put hours and hours and hours into it. And um, look, listen, his managers have got to get credit, but he just looks at like a guy to me that he'll continue to work and he, he's got a real drive, a real drive to get to the top. And again, look, no being disrespectful, uh, uh, disrespectful to Aston Villa. 
I think they may they may struggle to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. Going even further. Yeah, he's got another yeah. level, Paul. I think you know I, what is he twenty seven, John? I think he's got another level in him again. Great age, isn't it? Yeah. Jake's on the line. Hi, Jake. Good evening. All right, that's how we all doing. Good. How about you? Pleased about Scotland at the weekend, and looking forward to tomorrow. Oh, it was a great result. I didn't really get a chance to go to it, but I watched on the telly and I thought the atmosphere looked brilliant. Um, my wee cousin was at it. He said it's top five he's ever been to. So, um, great. It, did, it did look good. I, I was impressed with the way they played, um, particularly the second half. I thought a lot of times when you watch Scotland, sometimes they're a wee bit kind of lack. Not they look a wee bit kind of just like they'd rather be elsewhere, but you've seen a wee bit of togetherness um, there. And I thought, well, my stand-up is Billy Gilmore. Personally, I just think he's mesmerising to watch genuinely I could watch him play football all day it's scary how good he is mm-hmm. Amazing. he's so brave as well wasn't he yeah I, I just love the fact yeah. to see if there's one or two players um, closing them down he still demands a ball yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just a wonderful a, a wonderful talent a wonderful football player um, and we should listen enjoy him mm-hmm. enjoy him he's I just love watching him I just love the way that he, he plays the game Um and John McGinn mentioned there, these guys are going to be about for the next 10 or 12 years. Um, you had Billy Gilmore's and, and Nathan Parsons. Um, but Billy Gilmore, oof, brilliant footballer. Jake, you're a Rangers fan, so obviously Billy Gilmore got away. He was at Rangers, went to Chelsea. I think we can all understand it. But uh, Nathan Patterson as well is somebody that you'll be hard to keep him out of the first team at Ibrox. Yeah, you're spot on. I actually, I actually played against Gilmore when he was away. He was playing two years above what he should have been playing. That's how good he was. Um, he was even back then. I'm talking when we were like 12, and he was about 10, and he was still that good. But I only right. Parson. Um, oh, where did you I, play? Was that in Ayrshire? Sorry, Jake. Yeah, or where did you yeah, play? Yeah, we played a tournament. We played a tournament, so we did. And uh, I managed to find a photo. Uh, it was like this big photo of about a hundred kids, and he was in it. I <laughs> agree. It was actually they they put it up on a Twitter page, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Hold on, that's me." <laughs> <laughs> that's good because we've had a bit of name dropping, so that's good. You're quite right. Barry was saying to me earlier on, <laughs> "We've got you hear Jim with uh, Rod Stewart, Sir Rod." Yeah. yeah. No, in terms yeah, of yeah, Nathan Parson, yeah, watching the game, mm-hmm. I thought he had a sticky first half performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you're looking, thinking, right, what's the reaction going to be in the second half? And again, that shows you what type of character. Football players are no daft. He'll know that he's going in there at half time thinking that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then he came out in the second half and he showed what Nathan Parsons all about bombing forward, getting balls into the box. Um, he was so very composed, wasn't he? Yeah, I was delighted with, his, delighted with his second half performance. Jake, what did you want to ask Mark and Barry? I wanted, um, I just wanted to kind of like, it's, it's a difficult kind of, it's a weird conversation and you're probably thinking why am I bringing that up but um, it's kind of regarding because I've was i been on the show before this was last season I was on and um, we were talking about when it was this obviously when Barry was manager at Kelly and when we were talking about the um, the issue with changing rooms so we were, we were talking about um, the fact that they were making grown men get changed outside and stuff like that or get yeah. changed in their cars mm. and I wanted to raise the awareness because I'm a coach at um, under 18 level so I'm and um, I want to raise the situation basically that it's still happening and I wanted to kind of just get out there obviously because you have a wide audience um, I just want to get out there that it shouldn't be happening um, I just I don't want to name teams and stuff like that but we went away last week to a, a place that 
should really have the facility that they have is amazing. It's mesmerising. They've mm-hmm. spent millions on this facilities, and we went and I went to the guy and said, right, what changing room we in? And he turns around to me and says, no, there's no changing facilities, mate. And I'm like, what? And he said, there's a charity game on. There's no changing facilities. And I said, why is that? And he said, because you are on at one o'clock, they're on at five o'clock. You can't sh- you can't have the changing rooms. No. And it's we're at the point now where that that needs to stop. It's, yep. it's restrictions are lifted. It can't it can't keep happening. And I just remember Barry talking about it months ago. I remember your call. Yep. Yeah, it's something that always it's just it's just it's starting to really really gag. But I seen University of Glasgow or got Kelters last week for it as well. They made growing growing men in their thirties. I don't know how old they are getting changed out in a car park. That's just it's, it's not only is it embarrassing, but it's that that's that you could be liable for that. Like do you know what I mean, Barry. It, it, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we're still in a situation where um, we need to change. Um, we've got three separate changing rooms for home games. We travel away to different clubs. We're put maybe underneath one of the stands um, in the concourse. So Why? Because of restrictions. Still, we, we've got the rules. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know. We're, we're testing, Paul, as I said. We're yeah. testing. My, my players are testing three three times a week. Um and once they come back negative, they're obviously allowed to turn up. And I don't see the reason why they can't be in a dressing room um, still two metres apart because some of the dressing rooms are, are clearly big enough. Um, so, look, I, I get I get where he's coming from. I mean, when is it going to stop? Mm. When? Mark, the but, authorities. But, yeah, and then but Paul, it's not just in football. I don't want to go on a, a high horse here, but um, two of my daughters at Strathclyde Uni can't go on campus still still online indoors and schools are all back and society I, I, you know we don't have all the answers and it's the signs and the different things but my goodness come on let's get going we, we've still got, we, I mean I told you we've got to take two coaches mm-hmm. if we travel away from home who pays for that? obviously the club so we've, we've, yeah. we've got obviously split half the players and half the staff into 50 seater buses mm-hmm. Jake, who runs the league? I know you, I get it. I, I absolutely get what you're saying. You don't want to identify a particular club, but is it, un, is it under the auspices of the SFA? Uh, well, SYFA. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've yeah I've been um, kind of just on the social media, kind of raised awareness oh. about it um, because obviously, like I said, we're just growing men, but you can't expect 17, 18 year olds to be getting changed outside either. But um, yeah, yeah, SYFA to answer your question. Um, they're really the main organisation then. Um, there's obviously the leagues within the SYFA, there'll be everyone around Scotland, they all have a part to play. Um, and basically standing up and saying, No, we can't keep doing this as Barry said, like that's that's Alawa. If they're a League One team, that's it's ridiculous, that shouldn't be happening. There should be restrictions are might have lifted. If you can go to a nightclub or you can go to a football stadium with sixty thousand people you should be allowed to get changed with people go to the supermarket go, go to a restaurant yeah, you can go to, yeah exactly you can go to a supermarket but how can you not get changed two metres apart and a change room with people if you're for example I'm just using kids as an example sure. you just go to school together they go to school together they can go to the gym together that's another thing gym change rooms are open you can mm. go to the gym and get changed why can't you do it at football it doesn't but, make any sense but also the weather's changing as well you're expecting yeah. people to exactly, come and, exactly you know what I mean we're in October coming up in the middle of October you know what the the weather starts to become like over the next month or so you can't you you can't expect people to get changed and then if they're playing in rain they're soaked they get straight into the car that's the problem we we can't shower either we've got no shower facilities boys are not allowed to get 
um, showered after a game um, so they've got to come straight in with their kit take it off put their tracksuit on they could be absolute soaked right through and then they've got to travel distance no, doesn't make sense you're right heading for the middle of October Jake you make a great point I hope they see common sense too many people are, are kind of dragging their feet on too many things they really are let's move on now get double vaccinated football's not doing as well as it should be and, and I mean at the higher levels good on Tammy Abraham at the weekend I see he came out and he said he's double vaxxed in, in an interview that he did because uh, too many of the top well elite players are not for it and that would help if we get double vaccinated then there are no excuses Jake listen thanks very much for calling good luck thanks guys see you later cheers the Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! go, 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 go. 25 hours away from Faroe Islands against Scotland. After the 3-2 win on Saturday night at a packed Hampden Park, Mark Weedy saying you'll remember it long in many, many years. What a night Scotland. It was toing, throwing. They scored first. We equalised. There was penalty missed. There was VAR. And there was a goal in the 94th minute. Mark, we can't remember when we last. When did we last? It's over 10 years, isn't it, since we got a goal in the last minute of uh, of play for Scotland? Uh, it, yeah. it was great, you know, and the whole um, stadium just exploded. You know, when you looked around, Paul, you know, I don't think anybody had left the stadium. No. When you watch it, everybody was still there. So clearly there was a feeling it might get a winning goal and, and 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 so we did and it was it was it was a most it was a special moment it took big character here is the manager speaking about well one of the highlights the the Lyndon Dykes goal well, initially from the from the technical area I'm looking at it and I'm thinking there's a there's a foul because the referee chopped the goal off and turned to my bench my technical area and they're telling me straight away that there's no contact so I'm praying that the referee goes to look at it in the monitor because I, I had a feeling when he went to the monitor that we would get the goal. If you're there, give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. You can speak to the former Scotland captain, Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, who was there covering it for us. And uh, it was just such a special night. So much to talk about. VAR, for example. Are you for it now? I don't think anyone would be against it, Barry. And surely can we pay for it? The SFA have said they'll pay for the training of the referees, but we need to... And it's a sponsorship opportunity, as we said on Friday. Yeah, and do you know what? I wasn't too sure, but the more that I see some incidents happening in games, Paul, um, I'm all for it. And that, that was a great example in, in Saturday against Israel. When when it happened in real time, I'm thinking, oh, it's a foul. And when we actually see it, mm-hmm. you slow it they slow it down. Um, they show you it's definitely not a foul. And then credit to the referee, as I said earlier on, he makes a decision himself. He goes and sees it in the, the monitor, has a couple of looks at it, bang, go. So... Yep, no, I'm all for it. Just hopefully that we, we can get it. As you mentioned there, the SFA are going to get, put people through the training. Now, just hopefully the, the clubs can afford um, to bring it to our game. You think, Paul, if, if we end up qualifying for Qatar next year through through the playoffs, and I say you look back at pivotal moments, potentially having VAR, because if we didn't have VAR, that goal wouldn't have stood and we don't get back to 2-2, therefore we don't win the game. That moment, that VAR moment, for Scottish football, the SFA is potentially worth twenty million pounds for qualification. Wow, is that, is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, that's what I want to know. You think all the prize money and everything that goes out there and everything that goes along with it—that's potentially worth twenty million pounds, which Scottish football, the SFA, haven't oh. had um, since nineteen. It wasn't nineteen ninety. It wasn't twenty million quid back in in nineteen eighty. But you think of all the major tournaments that um, our country ha- has missed out on, and therefore the revenue. 
um, than it's missed apart from the, the prestige um, involved. So you look at that, you then look at that to bring it in domestically. Now, now if, if you touch with the things keep going the way that they're, they're heading, if our title winners are right into the Champions League, the effort becomes between a 30 and 40 million pounds title race. We need to bring in VAR. We need to point. bring it in because you can't you can't be having it at that level not doing it. The other thing as well, the referees want it. They're, they're, they're they? desperate. Yeah. The referees are absolutely desperate to have it in this country because they know it helps them. They know that they get things wrong. They're human, and therefore, just like Saturday night, if they they don't mind being corrected as long as you get to the right decision and everybody can move on. So we need to bring it in, but it's it's expensive, Paul. It's not yeah. a gimme that our clubs um, can afford it. And if we do, we need a decision made by the turn of the year in order to train all of our officials what, properly so they're up to speed for what, it. What is the overall cost? Is it about just over £2 million pound to get there? I think I think initially the initial outlay, but I don't know the full mechanics of it, but I think the initial outlay for, say, the 12 Premier League clubs would be something S- between about £70,000-£80,000 each. I think initially right. it's like a kind of million quid down mm. payment. It's doable. Oh, and is, again, yeah. get a sponsor. I hope. It, I'm sure the SPFL. I mean, what great exposure are you think exactly. about it? Yeah, well, that's yeah, what we said on Friday night. Let's yeah. get a sponsor. One of the big companies. Yeah. Get them in. We can't afford it. Go we can't var. afford not to have it. Go var. Go var. Yeah, you never know, Tracy, if she's listening. There we are. <laughs> James is uh, just. He says it's above his, his head. It's, yeah. it's above even his pay grade to, to check. But you never know. Yeah, um, so it would be fantastic. Although it will change the game, and I hope in coming seasons we're talking about here saying. Well, oh, we have seen a couple instances. In games over the last three or four weeks where I think if VAR was in place mm-hmm. I think the referees would have made a different decision mm-hmm. um, I, I go back to the Hibs and Johnson game I'm sure if the referee went across and watched it on the monitor that's not a penalty mm-hmm. and then all the argument about Ryan Portis I'm sure if the referee went and you know, he made the correct decision mm-hmm. but just to stop all the, the nonsense because he got a bit of abuse after it the mm-hmm. referee unfairly um, if I'm, I'm being honest yep. it's a correct decision it was the right decision for the fans for sure here's Stevie Clark speaking about the, the Tartan army the way the game ended is, is good for everybody uh, it's good for the, for the supporters to in, enjoy the, the last little bit when it, the six minutes were not for extra time there was a roar went up in the stadium that Dunoff it gave us a little bit extra impetus but we managed to score a winning goal in that time and then at the end of the game you're looking at uh, I think our, our players wanted to thank the fans for for being back, for being in the stadium, for creating that atmosphere, and it's reciprocal. The, the supporters then can congratulate this this group of players that I keep telling you show every time they go to the pitch how well they want to do for their country. Yeah, the fans loved it, Barry. And often we criticise the the old lady as they call it, Hamden Park, but it was at its best on Saturday. Yeah, it was up there. I mean, I wasn't there. I watched it on the TV, um, but you, you could sense um, that. There was excitement. It went a bit quiet after they scored yeah. the first five minutes. Um, but once McGinn goal went in, the, the roar went. And then the second half, I thought they were excellent. And as um, you pointed out, Mark pointed out, it was a, still a full house when that goal went in for McTominay. Sometimes you see uh, five right. minutes to go. Yeah, like, you know traffic. What? Yeah, but away, no. I, I think everybody stayed behind. And, and I, I bet they're thankful they, they did. Because yeah, sure. that goal in the 93rd minute got us the vital three points. The other thing I also liked that I don't know if they caught it on, on, on television but there was a moment I think during the first half um, uh, maybe in the second half anyway what it was John Carver Steve Clark's oh. assistant having a right ding dong oh, with one yeah. of the, uh, the the Israeli 
uh, coaches, but really stand in his corner. And yeah. I thought I'd love to, you know, John Carver's yeah. English, mm. but he, tell it, he gets it. Yeah, yeah, he gets it. He's, he's right up there. He's standing shoulder to shoulder with Steve for the players, for for the nation, and he let the Israeli coach no way. I'm not standing for that. What it was, well, there was words exchanged, but I just, you know what I mean. You like right. to see that from the backroom staff. I'm sure the fans, John Carver. Uh, yep. I'm sure the fans in the stand would love that a bit of passion. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the two managers good. were good with each other right at the end because it could yeah. have gone either way yeah. and there's a respect we know them so well now yeah they do yeah. I mean they're, they're, what, six times in, in the past uh, week what, two or three years <laughs> <laughs> week. Uh, so uh, it, it was great and it's certainly been the most um, entertaining because we're talking about the way Steve Clark has developed and grown the team you think back I think it was one of the games you think oh my it was torture you know it was really turgid a, a couple of performances you think back a couple of years ago but he's slowly He's got it round and he's built his in entertaining. Heard John McGinn's clip there, Steve Clark mm-hmm. saying to him at half time, be braver on the ball, Billy Gilmore, Callum McGregor, really taking the game by the scruff of the neck. Parts on the right hand side, Roberts on the left. Tierney and Rock, you see when you watch as well now down that left. Tierney and Rock, yeah, they're both brilliant players, but they had to find a way of playing with each other and complimenting each other. They've found that now, they're absolutely brilliant to watch the two of them, the way that they just they, they move it around. We have, as Barry said, we've got We've got the makings of a of a right good team, and regardless of who we get in the playoff, and I think we'll make the playoff. I think we're going to get to Qatar, but I really do it. And I have to be honest, a year ago I didn't think we'd do it. I no. didn't think we'd be good enough to get out the section and do it. But now, um, I'm really confident we're going to be in Qatar. There's not just a real belief for Steve Clark and the players. There's a real belief with the fans as well now that um, you've never seen before. So I'm confident. But look, our certainty is to get at the playoff. Just need a wee bit of luck sometimes with the draw. Um, I, I was reading something today. If we stay in this position, the semi-final game's going to be at Hamden. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's right, great for us. Magnificent, yeah. wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, brilliant for Make us. But difference. listen, one-off games, you take anybody. Of course. We've got a real opportunity to get there. We just need to make sure we win tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, which I'm sure we will do. They'll be professional. But I mean, Mark, I think we've got every chance to get into car. Uh, two Qatars. Once I can see it. 14 months time the three is life of Doha I can, it, it? Oh, <laughs> I can see it I can see it I can see it I've been looking at the brochures already <laughs> the boogie bus will have to start going now won't it Barry's getting us one of the parks ones isn't he yeah. <laughs> here's uh, John McGinn speaking about the, the, the Tartan army the fans were brilliant oh, huge it could it could easily I went to pub last five but they decided to stick with us it's probably as good an atmosphere I've, I've heard here for, for years it reminded me of the Saturdays I used to come here, Saturdays 3 o'clock, home to Ukraine, home to Czech Republic and I was just desperate to be involved in that, I didn't think it would take me 39 caps to, to play in front of a full house at Hamden but certainly a night I'll never forget and just made extra special with going a three points. And actually that means Moldova, full house again. Yep, and do you know what, that's how important a result was in Austria because if we never got yeah. that result would it have been a full house? No, it wouldn't have yeah, been. I, I very much doubt it, mm. so credit to the players, they went to Austria when people were thinking... Not too sure if we'll get a result. Pulled out a, a, a great result, great performance. And yesterday as well, I, I think we've played better, mm-hmm. but it, they showed real character. Just keep going to the death and they get that vital goal. But unless I'm mistaken, we, we got the penalty in Austria was from VAR, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. A VAR it was. decision, it was That's right. right. Yep. When you think about it, so you know, yep. there again, the technology. And rightly so, it's not that, it's not that we've, we've been done a favour, the decision yep. was right, but had it not been for VAR, we probably wouldn't have got the penalty. I think they're free to go and take a second look. Yep. Moldova, of course, is away from home and uh, 
We're at Denmark. Yeah. That'll be a sellout. Oh, that's it's sold it, out already, yeah, Paul. Of yeah, course, absolutely yeah. sold out already. Yeah, Whether it means um, something or not, but we're, we're, what a night that's going to be. Austria, that was such a big night, wasn't it? It could have been good night, Vienna, if we didn't get the penalty. <laughs> hey! But he didn't take the penalty that brilliantly. <laughs> Who's going to take the penalty? Who do you reckon if we get one tomorrow night? Do you know what? I, I'm, who would it I'm, be? I'm wondering who. I'm, I'm naturally, uh, I'm just Callum thinking. McGregor? Is it McGinn, McGregor, or Gilmore? That's the first three okay. that I'm thinking of. But I don't know. Would Would Andy Robertson stay up with Grant? Scott McTominay still I don't know actually Um, me personally I think it'll be McGinn or McGregor McGinn or McGregor I'm trying to think who takes him for at club level I can't off the top of my head I can't think of anybody that takes him even if Nisbet started does he take them for Hibs? No Boyle Boyle takes him for Hibs here's John again about the significance of the results yeah it's significant because it is Israel as well They've, they've given us so many tricky tricky ties but tonight in, in the context of the group it certainly does look at it. I just looked at the group there and it does look nice for us it's in our hands and it's only us that can, can mess it up finishing second now so we'll stay humble we'll not get carried away but it certainly is a significant result in the group Yeah, Denmark 21 points after the 7 games Scotland on 14 Israel and Austria on 10 Faroe Islands on 4 Moldova on 1 there's that humble thing again Stephen Gerrard's been saying it he said it yeah. last season with Rangers and we hear it there with uh, John McGinn but he's straight he's like, it's only yeah. as it can throw it away yeah. yep. that, that's what I like they, they know that it's in their own hands to make sure that they, they cement that playoff place and that, that's the kind of that's the mentality of a squad they know they're not going to get carried away great result they enjoy Saturday night I'm sure they would have let them have maybe one or two beers or just chill out and have a, a relaxing night but bang bang at it again on Sunday start your recovery to go and get three points in Faroes so Shea Adams is the way back down to Southampton. They're going to assess him before. Of oh, They've got a game at the weekend with Leeds United. And that's the only casualty for Scotland. They flew out today to the Faroe Isles. You've played there, Barry. It's different, the stadium now. You've been looking at it there. It's yeah, uh, it looks much different. improved. <laughs> yeah, it's what, a lot what's different. What's the difference? Tell us. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a stadium. Yeah. Um, it was it was pretty old and it was wide open. It was right in the edge of a, a, a cliff. But it was blowy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we were there, Mark. Yep. Yeah, we covered yeah. the... The two each game yeah but that, that was no excuse yeah. for that sort of result sure. um, what about the surface tomorrow night yeah it's actually a tough look I'm sure the guys will go and do a bit of training on it tonight and they'll get used to it look, I, don't, I don't think they'll use it as any excuses it's the same for Pharaohs look it'll be flat um, I'm sure it'll be um, there'll be a bit of rain on it because I'm sure it'll be raining in the yep. in the Pharaohs <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think that'll cause them any problems I don't think they'll use that as any excuses um, and as I said they're, they're too professional in this group Lyndon Dykes will think he's back at uh, Livingston on the <laughs> on the AstroTurf it's certainly <laughs> going, just going by the television pictures it, it looks a better surface than, than what there is at the Tony Macaroni um, <laughs> arena but uh, as Barry said they're not going to bother now Paul you could put them in red ash tomorrow night and they would go out and get the job done that's what you listen to, to John McGinn that just epitomises the mentality of that team there's no egos and they're a group there you know led by Andy Robertson the captain led by them as I said the manager it's never about him it's about his players it's about the supporters it's about a collective um, unit anything they achieve they do together and um, that's why tomorrow night I'm really really confident that Scotland will go out there on the front foot and get the job done with a bit right. to spare they're, they're hungry they're a hungry group yeah. I think they've got a wee taste of it in the summer at the Euros thinking great been away been lifted and laid they're thinking right we want a piece of that in uh, Qatar there's, there's no doubt about it so as I said it's in their own hands and I think they'll grasp it 
there'll be none of this getting changed out in the car over there, will they? It'll be so... I mean, it'll be off the scale, isn't it, in Doha, in terms yeah. of the facilities. If anything yeah. happens, Paul, the players will always know if it really comes down to it, they can come onto the big go bus and get changed <laughs> while we're broadcasting <laughs> live out in Doha. Thanks, if we're good, eh? <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Thanks Chris, we're buzzing here in the Go Radio Football Show. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney, Mark Guidi and uh, yeah, we're just I think on that high of Saturday night. The mentoring <laughs> is going on here in the studio because Reagan, you got it right. Good evening Reagan. How are you doing? Great. Are you still at Hamden celebrating? I heard you were there at the pub quite late. Is that true? Yes, yes. The last from Yeah. Listen, Reagan, wasn't it brilliant? Um, and you heard Barry earlier saying that in general, you know, the manager again said about the players are feeling the love from people. He loves his players. How do you feel about the Scotland players? Oh, Paul, I think the players are so, so good because I think. The, the, I mean, people are forgetting that this is a team that Steve Clark inherited where Scotland were only behind San Marino when Steve Clark took, took over and they got beat 4-0 by Carrick Stan. So I think that this is a squad that we all need to appreciate and understand that uh, it was such a big game. I mean, what I could go from from one down to Maris to how worried were you though with uh, 90 minutes gone or what did you feel? Paul, I was saying uh, to my uncle during the game I was I was a computer but uh, to get out of I mean see when the flood go in Paul I must have been the, the only person in the stadium that maybe didn't celebrate because I was expecting Israel to get one more chance oh, sure. and it's as soon as the Scotland scored that first goal from John McGinn mm-hmm. I was thinking oh here we go celebrate I'm celebrating jumping around and then by the time I get off I get back to my seat it's 2-1 10 so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely not take it for granted no. Paul I know they put us through the mill Barry I mean we love the players but they did put us through the mill the other night for yeah, sure yeah they yeah. did once the, the John McGinn goal goes in yeah. I'm thinking to myself right yeah. that's us we're now going yeah. to um, hit the ground running and, and go and add to that but it, it was a poor goal I'm sure look see defensively that's one thing we've been really strong under Steve Clark um, defending for set pieces I'm sure that's one he'll be disappointed and um, the Martin was um, was all over the place and I, I think a big miss was as I said Grant Hanley um, yep. but listen they go, in, they go in at half time 2-1 down you've heard John McGinn speak that the, the manager raised his voice he, he put a few challenges towards him and you know what? They met their challenges head on. I, I thought they came out in the second half, and I, I thought we were we were um, we were really good. As I said, players started controlling the game, and I think there was only one team that was going to win it. Once that goal went in for Lyndon Dykes, um, obviously as you got on, getting to the last few minutes, you think to yourself, a point's not the worst. But as I said, I've got to give them credit. They kept going, and we got that vital goal from McTominay. It was the game of two halves. It was Regan, wasn't it? Here's the manager speaking about that second forty-five. I think, I think all the players, all the players from 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 back to front, we got on the ball more in midfield. 
when you do that and you've got Billy, John McGinn and, and Callum can all play with the ball and we started to do that but we, we also played a little bit higher up the pitch the, the team was in a better shape we, we controlled better their threats which gives you a chance to build momentum in the game so yeah Billy did well but they all did well in the second half and they all didn't do quite so well in the first half but listen I've said it out there and I've said it to the players as well it's only three points it's a great night, it's exciting. We're all happy that we're still in control of the playoff position ourselves, but now have to go to the Pharaohs and, and make sure that we, we, we cement this result with, with another win. So that's, that's our focus. Reagan, tomorrow night we need to cement the result. Oh, Paul, we definitely do. I think this is a typical Scotland game where we don't take advantage, but I think tomorrow, see if, see if we win the barrier, I go, go off somebody's problem in the last game, I'll be jumping about in the middle of the couch. So it's going to be a, bit, a nervous night, but hopefully Scotland can get a, a, a nice goal uh, to set us off well. But I'm going to go for 4-0 to Scotland tomorrow. So. 4-0 Scotland, right, Reagan? I yeah. like the sound of that. Barry, what do you feel? 4-0? <laughs> I'll, I'll take 4-0. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a comfy 2-0. Right. Yep, I, I think he'll make slight changes. I think he'll put McTominay in mm-hmm. middle yeah. of the park alongside uh, McGregor and Gilmore and, and push... John McGinn just off Lyndon Dykes but I, th- I think it'll not be a, I think it'll be a convincing um, dominant display 2-0 Regan do you agree with Barry about the team change and up front Lyndon Dykes with uh, John McGinn um, Paul I was kind of thinking because it's something that Mark touched on in the first uh, the first 20 minutes of the show that he's seen he's in the, pre- the, the press today for scoring so I don't know if that's an indication that Nisbet could be uh, playing as well. Um, I just want to ask Barry and Mark something, right? In terms of Scotland, I thought it was a real maturity in terms of the way that we fought back twice. I think in the past, when when, they, when Scotland have not been in the best position, I thought they would have been folded. Uh, 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 and I think that just shows that the, the management that Steve Clark is managing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good point, Regan, because if you look at Steve Clark, okay, apart from when when McTominay got the winning goal, you could see him sort of um, you know he, he unleashed um, himself, which was great to see. But he's a very calm man. Even when things don't go right, you look at him when when Lyndon Dykes missed a penalty, still standing with the hands behind the back, neither up nor down, and he's been a calming presence at half time, which is so vital. Just that two or three minute period where you want to get two or three key messages across to your players. And John McGinn explained what what happened at half time. Uh, and you then look at it as well the players didn't panic they stayed composed they stayed focused and they got the one in goal you know they, they, they stayed, You know, John McGinn made sure that his corner kick was measured it was going into the right area and they get the flick on and then they get the goal and again just listening to, to Steve Clark um, Regan I don't know if you agree it's only six weeks ago a lot of people in this country some of our media some of our supporters having a pop at the SFA for tying Steve Clark down Mm-hmm. What a brilliant piece of business now. No many yeah. complaints about it now. And sometimes, you know, be proactive, don't be reactive. And, um, you know, again, I, I thought it was the right thing to do uh, at the time. And um, what happened on Saturday was a great result. And as Steve Clark said, cement it tomorrow night. It becomes an outstanding four-day period. That's proved to be a masterstroke now in many ways, Barry, isn't it? To tie down the manager. Yeah, I just think he's done a, a fantastic job. Um, I just go with players 
when you watch them doing interviews and, and you know you watch some players sometimes ah, it's the normal thing to say yeah. but you can see that these yeah. players enjoy turning up you can see that these players enjoy playing under Steve Clark um, and listen great bit of business for SFA um, and I think he's a man that can take us yeah. to the World Cup I, I really honestly believe that we've got a real opportunity to do it and that's credit to him and the, and the players and I thought in the second half we played by real maturity as well because it's easy as the game goes on, you can start to feel a wee bit sorry for yourself. And but one thing about this players, they go to the very death, and that's what they've done. And they got that vital, um, that vital goal. Great delivery mm. for John McGinn. A lot of people have not really picked up on it. Uh, picked up on that. I thought it was a brilliant delivery in an area where they're vulnerable, especially minutes after he had a, a chance to score. Yeah, and he could easily been yeah, deflated. It's easy to feel yeah. sorry for yourself, but no, yeah. listen, he shrugs it down. Um, Gets on with it and he comes up with that vital delivery for McTominay to, to, to I don't know, belly it in, should I say. <laughs> Here's what John McGinn had to say about Billy Gilmore. He has, um, he's, a, he's a world-class player, Billy. He's been through a wee, wee rough patch at Norwich, obviously frustrated not to be playing, but when he's in the Scotland jersey, he's, um, he's always at the top of his game and he's learning on the job as well. Him and Nathan, they'll make mistakes, um, but both of them top quality players and uh, very lucky to have him. Reagan, if we get anywhere near your 4-0 tomorrow night, we, the boogie bus will be off to Qatar cool. soon and of course you joined us at the Euros well at the Radisson Red so we're just trying to think how can we get there we'd love to be there what was your day like on, on Saturday there getting to Hamden and have you ever heard anything like it? Oh Paul it was a great atmosphere I mean I mean, I think I was one of the last people to leave the stadium I think the students had to get me out but uh, <laughs> no, it, was a great, it was a great time there I mean it was probably the best atmosphere that I've heard that I did that at the National Stadium for a long time obviously I've been to Celtic Park and European nights but I would say the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic and that's great to hear isn't it because we know the European nights at Celtic Park are amazing at Ibrox as well the Champions League nights or the big European nights and we have criticised the stadium over the years but yeah there's a buzz things are returning let's hope we we, we can't surely lose out tomorrow night Reagan reckons 4-0 Mark, what do you think tomorrow against Faroe Islands? I'm going to go Faroe Islands nil, Scotland three, and we'll be two up by oh. half time. Right, two up by oh, half time. And go early for it. Barry? I'll go 2 0. A, a comfortable 2 0. And how do we start the game? Let the, I, I thought we actually started the Israel game pretty well. Uh, first couple of minutes we I were. Did, yeah, I did too, yeah. Barry. And I'm thinking to myself, great. And then obviously Jack Henry gets a bit too tight to Zahavi, and he obviously. Um, the wall doesn't do its job um, but listen one thing about this group I think if they get a knock during the game I think they'll respond in the right manner but I don't think they'll get anything any like that tomorrow night I think they'll go and they'll dominate the ball and it'll be a comfortable 2-0 Regan who's taking penalties if we get them if there's a penalty I would say McGregor McGregor for me or Billy because he just looks to be one of the best players I've ever I've ever seen Paul his, comp- his composure in the ball it's just it's just not typical of a Scottish player I mean Billy Gilmore he, he, I think he could really be one of the best players that uh, the football ever seen I mean he, see the way he takes the ball Paul it's just mm. a, 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 amazing to see he always wants it Barry he says demand, he demands yeah. he demands the ball in, in tight areas he'll go and take the ball and um, when there's a couple of opposition round about him he just listen we should be lucky we should enjoy him that's what I keep mm. saying about young players coming through and certainly with the ability that Billy Gilmore's got we should enjoy a player he has quality 
Reagan, that music, was that in your head all night then? We've been playing it a couple of times here. I won't play it three times, maybe I will. Uh, but it was just phenomenal. Tomorrow night, we've got someone who scored against Israel and both our pundits have played, well, they've been in the squads in World Cup finals. So it's Davy Proven, who scored against Israel, and Craig Moore, who hasn't played for Scotland because he's got all those caps with Australia. So, Reagan, that should be good. That'll be great tomorrow night. And let's hope we'll build it up for the match. Reagan, speak to you soon. Thanks very much for calling. Cheers, Paul. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers, Thanks, Reagan. Cheers, Reagan. Cheers. I love that. Reagan was one of the last to be. He was thrown out of Hamden Park on uh, Saturday night. That's a badge of honour, Barry, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, listen, yeah. you can see how excited um, Reagan was with being at the game, and he just says that's one of the best atmospheres he's, he's sampled. Because that's one thing about Hamden. Sometimes it doesn't create the best atmosphere. Um, but I thought the, the atmosphere in, in Saturday, certainly watching on the TV, was electric. Dancing into the studio now. Here comes Joe Colday <laughs> after the news at seven. That's it from us. We're back tomorrow. We'll see you at five. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.